God wants His power to be effective in our lives so the world can see Him at work. Yet, it's not until we relinquish control and forfeit asserting our own abilities in exchange for reliance on Jesus that we will fully experience His transforming power. In this episode, Carla teaches us what it looks like to remain connected to God as our power source for all things. Imagine, throughout the moments of your day, experiencing spiritual victory over circumstances, temptation, and sin. Of course, we'll never be able to do so on our own, but we can experience victory through the power of God. Throughout the Bible, we see evidence of God's supernatural power. In Genesis chapter 1, God spoke the world into existence. In Luke 8:24, Jesus commanded the winds and the raging sea to be calm, and they obeyed him. In John 11:43, he brought the dead back to life. Jeremiah 32:17 says, O Sovereign Lord, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and outstretched arm. Nothing is too hard for you. Are you gaining a sense of God's unlimited, almighty power? We can recognize God's power in Scripture, even acknowledge that it's real as we see it at work around us, yet fail at times to experience its effects in our personal lives. In Ephesians 3, 16-19, Paul prayed that we would each experience God's power. Then, in verses 20 and 21, he said this, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we could ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. 2 Peter 1.3 tells us that it is God's divine power that has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of Him who has called us by His own glory and goodness. Everything we need for life and godliness is through the power of God. And God's power isn't just available, it's obtainable as we choose to rely on Jesus through an abiding relationship with Him. Abiding in Christ Jesus is to remain in Him to stay connected to Him, enabling us to draw from His power to fully accomplish His will. We plug into God's power similar to the way that we plug into other things. I plug an appliance in, for example, to a power source. And as long as the appliance remains plugged in, it receives power and operates in its full potential. Yet when I unplug the appliance, it can't fully operate, nor should I expect it to. When we plug into the power of Jesus Christ by trusting and relying on Him, we can expect to operate in His full, unlimited power and reach our full potential in Him. However, when we unplug from Him by trusting in our own abilities and operating in our own strength, we will not experience His full potential in us, nor should we expect to. If we're not careful, we can easily connect, and disconnect our lives from God during the moments of our day. For example, we might spend time with the Lord in Bible study or prayer in the morning, then go about the day in our own strength. Yet God wants us to remain in His presence, abiding in His strength, operating in His power. We can become comfortable operating in our own abilities, especially our strengths, because it's intuitive to our human nature. What about you? Do you turn to God only in your weakness? 
or in your time of need? Or do you depend on him for all things? 1 Corinthians 1.25 says, For the foolishness of God is wiser than human wisdom, and the weakness of God stronger than human strength. It's counterintuitive to strive less in our own strength and abilities and to yield ever increasingly more to God's power. Yet it's necessary to experience His mighty work. In John 15, 5, Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me, and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. It is the vine that provides everything necessary to the branch to produce fruit. The vine even allows the branch to display the fruit that's actually produced by the vine. The branch cannot ever produce fruit by itself. The same is true for us. It is Christ alone that allows our lives to display the spiritual fruit actually produced by Him. God wants His power to be effective in our lives so the world will see His work. When we operate independently of Christ Jesus, we fail to achieve His desired will for us, and our accomplishments have no eternal value. In the same way that a vine is continually available to sustain its branches, the Lord is continually available to us, 24-7, to work powerfully in our lives to enable us and to sustain us in every way. Yet He's also a gentleman. The Lord will not override our will or force our dependence on Him. We must become willing participants of abiding in God's strength, remaining plugged into His power. So let's look at some ways that we can practice abiding in God's power throughout the moments of each day. What I'll be talking about here are ways that God makes His power available to us. But no one else can rely on God's power for you. It's a daily, moment-by-moment intentional choice to operate in the power of Almighty God. I can tell you this. As you develop the habit of relying more and more on God's power, it will become a way of life. And after years of experiencing God's mighty power in my life, I would not want to go back to experiencing life without it. One of the greatest sources of power for us as believers is God's Word. Remember, with merely His Word, God spoke the world into existence. Romans 1.16 tells us that God's Word has the power to save believers from sin and death. Now imagine the power His Word can have in your life. John 1, 1 and 2 says this, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. You see, when we spend time in God's Word, we're also spending time with God. And His Word becomes increasingly powerful in us as we allow its truth to saturate and its authority to permeate our lives. Colossians 3.16 says, Let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly. God wants us to become so familiar with His Word that it is continually on our hearts and minds, that we allow each verse that we read to take hold in our lives and have deep, lasting effect. Think about it. It only makes sense that the amount of power we can apply will depend on the amount we've withdrawn from the power source. 2 Timothy 3.16 and 17 tells us that God's Word applies and equips us for any situation. However, if we haven't equipped ourselves with God's Word prior to a circumstance, we have nothing to draw from in that moment. 
By intentionally internalizing God's word, we are equipping ourselves to recognize his will and becoming prepared for his word to have rightful authority over our selfish thoughts and desires. That's powerful. Psalm 119.11 says, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. The psalmist knew that he would never be able to overcome the world's temptations apart from the power of God's word in his life. That's why he was intentional in memorizing scripture, so he could distinguish truth from the lies of the enemy and then rely on God's power to overcome temptation and sin. Psalm 119, 97-99 says this, Oh, how I love your law! I meditate on it all day long. Your commands make me wiser than my enemies, for they are ever with me. I have more insight than all my teachers, for I meditate on your statutes. If it's not already your habit, I encourage you to begin meditating on a specific Bible verse until you can easily recall it from memory. Choose a verse from this episode or one that pertains to something currently going on in your life. Once you've memorized that verse, move on to another one. Each time you set a new verse to memory, it's like setting a building block of faith in place in your life, enabling you to grow stronger and stronger in your faith in Christ Jesus. Now, you may already be thinking of reasons why you may not be able to meditate or memorize scripture. Perhaps you're too busy, or it's just hard for you to memorize. The truth remains that God asks each of us to know his word for our benefit. Please don't allow the enemy to tempt you to put off memorizing scripture. Instead, I encourage you to ask the Lord to help you to memorize his word and then rely on his power to enable you to do so. The most important part is to allow God's truth to take effect in your heart and life. And as you do so, God will give you opportunities to use the truth you're learning to influence others around you. In making disciples, I can't encourage you enough to rely fully on the power of God's word. Help those you mentor to recognize the importance of continually meditating on scripture and discuss its enormous benefits. Encourage them to memorize God's word for the purpose of putting it into practice. Some people may ask you to hold them accountable to memorizing Bible verses. If so, be intentional in asking them to share with you what they're learning. Most importantly, invite them to explain ways they are applying each truth they're learning and the powerful difference it's making in their life. In addition to God's word, God's indwelling spirit is an abundant source of power in our lives. God's word is consistent with the nature of his spirit. It's absolute, eternal, flawless, and infallible. Getting to know the Lord through His Word, learning His nature, His characteristics, enables us to recognize His powerful qualities that are always available to us. Ephesians 1, 17-20 says this, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people, and his incomparable great power for us who believe. That power is like the working of his mighty strength, which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him in the heavenly realms. 
Please don't miss this. The same power mentioned here, the same power that overcame sin and death on the cross, lives inside each believer. The same power that overcame sin and death. Are you recognizing the power that is available to you through the Holy Spirit? We plug into the Holy Spirit's power by trusting in His nature and relying on His strength. If it's not already your habit, I encourage you to practice daily dependence on God's indwelling power for all things. I referenced scripture from Ephesians chapter 3 earlier in this episode. I want to look at it again here. In Ephesians 3, 16-19, the Apostle Paul wrote this, I pray that out of God's glorious riches, that He may strengthen you with power through His Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power, together with all the Lord's holy people, to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. You see, if we truly want to experience the full measure of God in our lives, we must allow His divine nature to exert power over our self-centered human nature. Paul continues in Ephesians 3, 20-21. It says, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. It is only God's power that enables us to accomplish that which would otherwise be impossible. Are you expecting, even anticipating God asking you to do things beyond your ability through His power for His glory? You know, sometimes we want God to accomplish His will in our lives, yet the stresses of life seem to get in the way. As humans, we can become weak and weary, yet as we rely on God's renewing strength, he will enable us to remain strong. Isaiah 40, 29-31 confirms this truth. It says, God gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. God's power is enabling and sustaining. As you disciple others, help them to see that we apply God's power in our lives by relying on His authority over life circumstances and His strength to persevere and overcome. Teach them that as a result of our great need for the Lord's power, every moment of every day, our response should be to avail ourselves to His indwelling Spirit. Let them know that learning to abide moment by moment with the Lord, it takes practice, and encourage them as they practice to focus on the benefits of abiding in God's power and relying on His strength. Another way we tap into God's power is through abiding with Him in prayer. Now, some people view prayer as merely a means of asking for needs, almost like a grocery list of requests from God to fulfill. Yet Matthew 6, 8 says that God knows our needs before we even ask Him. It's true that God wants us to bring our needs to Him, but more than anything, God wants our hearts. He wants us to develop hearts that revere Him, that worship Him, and grow deeper in love with Him. 
God wants to have an intimate relationship with each of us, so we will grow to trust Him alone, to be our source for victory concerning every issue in life. So, as we talk about abiding in prayer, I encourage you to consider its importance as a link to experiencing God's power. Let's begin in Ephesians 6.18. It tells us to pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. We're instructed here to pray on all occasions because God loves us and wants to be involved in every aspect of our lives. This verse also tells us to pray in the Spirit. We do this by acknowledging God's authority while communicating with Him. It shows that we're yielded to His powerful work. Now, Paul isn't telling us in this verse to abandon all else for the sake of prayer. He's telling us to make prayer an integral part of our daily routine. Paul tells us to pray on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. So let's consider what it might look like to communicate with God throughout each day and how doing so can help us experience His power. For example, all day long, we have opportunities to communicate prayers of praise and thanksgiving to the Lord. Have you ever thought about there being a difference between praise and thanksgiving? Praise shows adoration to God for who He is while thanksgiving conveys gratitude for all he does. We're not instructed in Scripture to wait until we feel like praising God. We're to continually offer our praise because God is always worthy of praise. Psalm 34.1 says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise will always be on my lips. If you haven't already, I encourage you, to develop the habit of praising the Lord throughout your day. A small glimpse might look like this. Lord, I praise you as my source of strength. You are my joy, my refuge, my comfort. I praise you as my Redeemer, my Savior, and my God. You are all-knowing and all-powerful. Colossians 3, 1 and 2 tells us to set our minds and hearts on things above, to focus on the eternal things of God. Praising God throughout each day sets our focus on Him. Now imagine the benefits of a heart of praise when an unexpected crisis arises. Instead of your mind racing with fear or anxiety, it's already focused on the Lord, preparing you and equipping you to trust God as your provider, your source of wisdom, your comforter, your sustainer. That's living in the power of Christ. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16-18 tells us to rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. It is God's will that we rejoice always, pray continually, and give thanks in all circumstances. When we're continually prayerful, we are also continually mindful of the Lord and what He's done, and what He promises to do on our behalf. Paul is telling us not to let the situation or circumstance dictate the condition of our hearts. Why? Because choosing to maintain a thankful heart influences our perspective. It lightens our hearts and fixes our minds on Jesus. It makes it possible to give thanks in circumstances, even when we're not thankful for the circumstances. Have you ever noticed how it's much harder to complain or worry when your heart is filled with gratitude? Or how selfish desires seem to fade away when you choose to count the Lord's blessings in your life? 
That's God's intent. Are words of thanksgiving continually on your heart, in your mind, on your lips? A heart of thanksgiving begins by acknowledging God's powerful work in even the smallest ways in your life. Lord, thank you for the gift of today. Thank you for giving me breath and life. I'm so grateful, God, for my health, my job, my family. Thank you, too, for loving me and always wanting what's best for me. Thank you, Lord, for comforting me in difficult times. Thank you for working on my behalf even when I don't understand what you're doing. If you haven't already, I encourage you to develop a lifestyle of continually giving thanks to the Lord and see for yourself the powerful difference it will make in your life. Now let's take the truth we just learned and put it into practice. We know that there are situations in life that can tempt us to become fearful or worried. But do you recognize that fear and worry deny the power of God? How then do we apply God's power instead of denying it? Look with me in Philippians 4.4. As we study this passage, I want you to think about the order of Paul's instructions. Notice that obedience to God precedes his blessing. Paul writes, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Paul is teaching us to be proactive concerning the cares of this life by developing a lifestyle of rejoicing in the Lord. In Philippians 4, 5-6, Paul says, Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Paul is reminding us of the power of God. There's no need to be anxious about anything, because no matter what issue you face, even before you face it, God already has the solution. In other words, everything you need, God is. Paul teaches us here what to do in place of becoming anxious. He says, in every situation, through prayer, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Why? Because everything you need is found in God. God wants us to bring our needs to Him and trust them to His care. But sometimes we fail to recognize our need in the moment, let alone rely on God's power to meet it. This is where practice comes in. When you sense yourself becoming fearful or anxious, I encourage you in that moment to develop the habit of pausing to consider your specific need. Does your situation require patience or perseverance? Do you need wisdom, discernment, self-control? Whatever your need in that moment, turn that need into a prayer request and rely on Almighty God to meet each and every need as He sees fit. Now, let's go back to Philippians chapter 4. I'll reread verse 6 and now include verse 7. Paul writes, Do not be anxious about anything. But in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Oh, don't miss this next part. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. When you choose to forego anxiousness in exchange for belief and trust in Christ Jesus, God promises to bless you by supernaturally guarding your heart and mind with his peace. That is God's mighty power in action. I also realize that there may be occasions in your life 
when you don't even know how to pray. I can remember times of adversity in my life when my prayers were just repeatedly the word help because I just didn't know how to pray. I didn't know what to ask for. And in those times, I was very comforted by Romans 8.26 that says this, When we do not know what we ought to pray for, God's Spirit intercedes for us. What an amazing God. Now, we've been talking about ways for us to communicate with God. But it's also important for us to realize that an abiding relationship also involves listening to God. In John 10.27, Jesus said, My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. In order to closely walk with the Lord, depending on His power, we must be receptive to hearing His instructions. God communicates His instructions, His desires, His will to us through His Word and His Spirit. Let me give you an example. God's Word instructs us to love our neighbors. And because I want to please the Lord, I want to live out His instructions, I want to love my neighbors. But how do I demonstrate Christ's love to so many unique individuals? I first need to receive wisdom and guidance from God's Spirit to know how to best convey His love to each person in a way that will draw others to Him. I'm reminded of another example. Ephesians 4.29 It says, Let no unwholesome talk come out of your mouths. But... If we were to poll the audience, I'm sure I would hear a variety of opinions concerning which words should and should not be considered unwholesome. Or, I could ask the Holy Spirit to provide me with wisdom and direction concerning the words to speak, to convict me of those words that are not pleasing or honoring to Him. Living by the personal conviction of the Word of God and His indwelling Spirit is not only a powerful way to live, it's a very freeing way to live. And as you develop a more intimate relationship with Jesus, you will become increasingly sensitive to the prompting and compelling of God's Spirit. Sometimes the Holy Spirit will use a mental impression to persuade us or compel us. However, any impression that comes from the Lord Jesus will never contradict His Word or His character. The Lord will sometimes use circumstances or godly counsel to confirm His direction, and He does so in a way that always reflects His nature. Let me give you an example. 1 Corinthians 14.33 teaches us that God is a God of order, not confusion. So if there is evidence of confusion in a situation, it is not from God. Confusion should be a warning for us to stop and ask God to enable us to view the situation from His perspective. Since Jesus is the Prince of Peace, His directives for us will always result in peace. As you disciple others, don't be surprised to discover that many professed believers have never experienced the leading and guidance of the Holy Spirit. In these instances, I often point them to Isaiah 30, verse 21, which says this, Whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, This is the way. Walk in it. Learning to rely on the guidance and direction of the Holy Spirit takes practice. But we can have confidence that God will guide us as we allow Him to. In fact, He says in Jeremiah 29.13, You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Help those you disciple to recognize that many voices compete for our attention throughout each day. 
In order to faithfully follow Jesus, we must be able to distinguish His voice from all others. Luke 5.16 tells us that Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. In following Jesus' example, we should create uninterrupted time to spend alone with God in prayer, free from noise and distractions. Encourage those you mentor to come to Jesus, not just with personal needs, but also with adoration, praise, and thanksgiving. Encourage them to develop an intimate, abiding relationship with Jesus through both talking and listening to the Lord. I personally believe that training others to grow in an abiding relationship through prayer is one of the greatest joys of discipleship because it's a direct line to God's power. I also find prayer to be my greatest time saver. Instead of concerning myself with all the details of my day, I've learned to commit them to the Lord in prayer and then wait in anticipation of Him revealing to me His will. As you show others what it looks like to abide in God's power through His Word, His Spirit, and through prayer, teach them that God doesn't ask us to do anything in our own strength. In fact, Paul said in 2 Corinthians twelve nine that God's power is displayed through human weakness. Help others to see that operating fully in God's power is counterintuitive and takes practice to develop it into a lifestyle. I sometimes point people to 2 Chronicles chapter 26 as an example of what happens when we fail to continually rely on the power of God. 2 Chronicles 26.5 tells us that Uzziah was king in Jerusalem, and as long as he sought the Lord, God gave him success. Verses 7 and 8 tells us that Uzziah was successful, not because of his own strength, but because of God's power. In fact, God allowed Uzziah to become very powerful. But look with me at what the Bible records about Uzziah in 2 Chronicles 26.15. It says Uzziah's fame spread far and wide, for he was greatly helped until he became powerful. Verse 16 says, After Uzziah became powerful, his pride led to his downfall. He was unfaithful to the Lord, his God. Train those you disciple to guard their lives from becoming prideful and self-sufficient by remaining humble, desperate for the Lord, and remaining plugged into His power. Encourage them to focus on the benefits of abiding in Jesus, and as they experience God's power for themselves, they will desire to grow ever closer to Him. We experience God in our lives when we put His truth into practice. That's what application is. When we walk in God's truth, we walk in His enabling power. Are you planning to practice tapping into God's power by developing a deeper abiding relationship with Him through His Word and His Spirit? Are you aware that others may be watching God's power working in your life? Are you considering ways you can encourage fellow believers to grow in their dependence on Christ's power? Remember, application results in life transformation. 